Our bank accounts are really feeling it at the moment. Inflation is going up like a rocket and making funds stretch is getting harder. So where do we spend our money when we start looking to cut back? The answer to this question might not be as obvious as you think. Today, we're unpacking why you and your partner want to get really clear on your values during these challenging times so you don't start trimming away at the things that really matter. Hey, we're Kim and Rog, and we're here to show couples how to get the best out of their relationship so they can start living their dream life together. We're a West Aussie couple who are living the life of our dreams. We don't entertain the word should, we think about the future as a field of possibilities, and we let joy be our compass. We've taken the simple idea of working as a team and applied it to our marriage, and it's been a game changer, allowing us to work out what truly lights us up in life and to go after it together. From living in snowy Japan to starting our own house flipping business, we've achieved some big dreams. And most importantly, we feel fulfilled and are having the most fun we've ever had. Hear conversations from inspiring couples, thoughts from relationship experts, and tales from our own lives, as we help you to gain the wisdom and skills you'll need to turn your relationship into a real team. These are relationship conversations for real people, by real people. So sit back, get comfy in whatever tickles you pickle, and enjoy living the team life. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about why you can have your smashed avo and eat it too. And the title of the show does sound uh, pretty inflammatory um, and I'm just sort of wondering if maybe you could give us an intro to it, Rogie. Well, it's funny really. I think uh, more recently I've been hearing a lot of the reference to smashed avocados um, than probably in the last few years, it's come back. Uh, it's from an original article in 2017 from the Australian newspaper. A guy called Bernard Salt um, wrote a satirical article talking about um, from the point of view of a boomer who'd come to a cafe and there were all these crazy young kids sitting on milk crates, um, living the high life, chatting and eating $22 smashed avocado with crumbled feta on five grain toast. And they were sitting there having this epiphany going, well, no wonder they're always complaining about not being able to buy a house if they're out having expensive breakfast every morning, which is different to how I did it in my day. Now, now of course, what happened was we, we live in the age of Twitter and someone picked up on it, a, a millennial, and it just went viral, as in this is what boomers really think of us. And, of course, as we saw with um, Woke uh, and Snowflake and all the rest, we saw that... Uh, the boomers then um, took the other side and said, hey, well, yeah, of course, like you think you had it, have it so hard. Imagine how we had it back in the day. So this article was written by a boomer. It was written by a boomer, yes. <laughs> and the boomer has commented on a generation of which he is, is not a member um, and it's caused a, a little bit of an uproar. And it's, it's something that you've sort of been noticing is coming back around this, and I think you're right because I've, I've heard it as well, this, this sort of uh, rhetoric around um, the differences between the generations and the choices they make when it comes to spending um, and what they choose to spend their money on. And, and it, does, it does lend itself to a bigger discussion rather than just what, what we're talking about on the face value. Um, why do you think the article was so controversial? Well, just hitting on what you were saying, Josh, that just then, um, there's always a bit of friction between each generation. Mm. I mean, you can see on the internet 
um, the the Zoom Zoomer generation will. Sorry, who are Zoomers? <laughs> generation Z. Oh, so ge- is that what generation, they call them? Yeah, Zoomers? Zoomers. That's what they call them. Mm. <laughs> get get with the times, Grandma. <laughs> what am I like? Generation B, C. You're, you're a millennial. Oh, oh yeah. my God! So, <laughs> it, we're, uh, 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 above us is Gen X. We're millennials, which is Gen Y, because we grew up during the millennium. Um, and then uh, there's the Zoomers, and of course the Zoomers are always posting on. Uh, the Facebook and other social medias, <laughs> they're, they're, they're not on Facebook. They're, they're definitely not on Facebook because their parents are on Facebook. We're on Facebook. We're on Facebook. Um, they're, they're always posting about, this is such a millennial thing to do to, you know, um, say things like doggo and stuff like that. They're always taking the piss like that. Um, but, of course, there's there's definitely a larger uh, friction and divide against the boomers versus the millennials and, and the Gen Xs. Um, and part of that is around uh, housing affordability mm. um, and the cost of living, which, of course, if you're a boomer, you're, you're sitting there and going, you, every, every house you live in, even your rental, has a flat screen TV. You walk around with a, a $1,500 device, which you update every two years, and you're going around eating um, smashed avo on toast and having $6 lattes. No, no wonder you can't afford a house. And, and that was the argument from the boomers. But, of course, we know that, Actually, housing affordability is a lot harder. The the data the data clear is a lot harder um, than it was in in the boomer generation. Um, back in twenty nineteen, uh, the Grattan Institute actually came out and said that the millennials will be the first generation ever, well, in the last hundred or so years, to be worse off than the generations before them. So our generation. That's our generation. And, you know, a lot of it is to do with the... What does worse off mean? Uh, in terms of um, uh, quality of life. So, wow. and, and a lot of that is um, the, you know, the income or the wealth per, per household. Um, and, you know, th- there's a million reasons for that. We're, we're not going to get into here because, again, this is not a finance podcast, but there are a lot of tax breaks in relation to property and shares, superannuation, which means that the... But the boomers had, not us. The, the boomers have, and we don't have access to. So for every dollar we have, we get taxed on a higher percentage of it than mm. the, the boomers will. Um, but, look, it's more than just that, and... You know, I'd, I'd, I'd pose the question to you. Do you think that's values driven as if, if more than anything? I think that that's really what's at the heart of this when I think about why the article upsets two sides of the playing field, so the boomers and the um, gen whatever they are, Xs. Millennials, just say us, millennials. millennials. Was it not younger people than us? No, not it, it's, anymore, it's us. Like. I mean, the, zo- the Zoomers, so bottom anyway, of the, the bottom of the age is about 27 now. <laughs> the so. young people. Yeah, the young people. The young people. So why do they... Which is us. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> why do they get so upset about it? I think, you know, there is one side of it that's a, that's a bit more surface level, which is that we have different upbringings and obviously that's generation to generation, culture shifts... Um, I think when our parents were children, as our parents are boomers, culturally there was a more save than spend mentality. We were, we ha- I think we're evolving more as a consumerist society all the time. So consumerism becomes um, not just more popular, it's just more prolific. The avenues to consume are 
are greater. Uh, the ability to consume at any point in the day is greater. So we are a more consumerist society. So there's that versus, you know, the boomers who who lived in a time when, one, you didn't have as much access to consume, but two, I think there probably was a different mentality towards consuming. And I just think of my own parents um, who were definitely raised in a fr- with a frugal mentality and not saying stingy or cheap at all they were certainly raised with a frugal mentality and when I was young they imparted that onto me as I got older they sort of loosened up a little bit in that area um and I guess that's as society and culture shifted as well um and and they had more money to be able to loosen up with um but what I think is really underneath the you know what you talk about in terms of generational differences is actually our value system as you say um and the fact that the 22 dollars that the article referenced for for avocado on toast at face value it certainly seems like a lot of money when because i mean what are you comparing it to what you can make avocado on toast for at home well i mean a few years ago the avocado would have cost you six bucks but now you can make it at home for, say, $4, right? Yeah. So, you know, you're paying an $18 markup on something. Um, and I think th- on face value that sounds like a lo- lot of money and, and it is on face value. But when we think about values, we're actually thinking about what it's worth to someone to to pay the $22. What do they get out of it? And I think for generation x y whatever the young people are in this scenario they get something far greater than just eating avocado on toast by being able to go out to a restaurant and share this real life experience with people around them and remembering when we're juxtaposing how people looked at money from generation to generation we're also juxtaposing how our worlds existed and back when our parents were children, so the boomers' generation um, were children, they spent a lot more time connecting together in real life because there was no other way to connect to people. You you either saw them in real life. I mean, you, you could talk on the telephone, but as we know, you know, that wasn't the simplest. You had to go through someone else who picked up the phone at home. There was the best way to connect back then and the simplest way to connect without any intermediary was in person. And the generation X, X and Y generations, we've, we connect a lot not in person because we have more avenues to do that. Um, and I think as a result, we actually value, given the rarity of it, those in-person connections very highly. So, you know, if we look at our values system, value systems have changed. Um, it's not the system, sorry, the values have changed. What I think is actually at the core of this article is a misunderstanding across the generations. So the boomers don't need or haven't had to value in real life connection as as a scarce as a scarcity as something that's really high up there because it was just available to them. And so um the younger generations, our generation or or younger, I do value that more highly because it isn't as available to them or it isn't as prolific in their life. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think part of the argument really was around, 
you know, maybe a bit of a, a sledge at the character of the younger generation and how they chose to uh, allocate their money and allocate their um, their non-essential spend. And I 100% agree with what you're saying. We know that back in the day, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm saying it, back in the day there was more com- emphasis on community. There were community sports clubs, mm. um, there were community venues, and now we're very much Church. in the... Yep, we're, we're very much in the Zoom era. And, um, mm. you know, I think COVID really showed this. And, you know, there's there's an argument there's, that during COVID and post-COVID, there's a bit of a loneliness epidemic. And we know that uh, Beyond Blue and Lifeline, which are great resources for people really struggling, they came out um, and said that they'd had massive increases in the number of inbound contacts and in, inbound mm. calls directly related to... Um, people needing to connect uh so so there's definitely a gap between there's definitely a gap out there considering that we always feel we're connected via our mobile phone or by work and zoom versus are we actually getting connection and so if our generation we believe maybe even that they value connection just as much as the older generation we need to find other ways to do it. And one of that is spending 22 bucks, 30 bucks on breakfast out with our friends or with our partner. Mm. I definitely think you're right. And some of the research I looked at um, as well looked at the, the you know, the um, mental health impact that social isolation had during COVID um, and and you do need to differentiate between social isolation and loneliness because um Everybody experienced social isolation, but not everybody would have experienced loneliness being the actual feeling of loneliness versus the physical isolation. Um, And I just, I think in terms of um, what we've seen in the research to counter the feeling of loneliness, uh, because the social, social, social isolation has largely been removed, we can get about in society as we want again mostly especially here in Perth um the you know the research suggests that one of the counters is in in person connection um and the research shows it in in different ways in volunteering and connecting in social groups and things like that um and I think this is probably why it struck a chord for us when you raised this this commentary that you were seeing in the press again and then talked to me about that article that you had read that had really stayed with you um, from from a few years ago and it struck a chord because for us it, it made a lot of sense that you would spend $22 on an avocado toasty or smashed avo toasty because we often make the comment when we're out overspending on um, a, you know, a sandwich which can be like $14, $15 these days that it's a great investment in us because we we enjoy the time and the experience of having that food together. Yeah, well, we, we run a business together. Um, we uh, have to uh, plan and manage the life of a, a kid with um, additional needs. 
and we have to try stay connected with each other through all that and we as a result we actually have to create the space and time to do that it doesn't come naturally and we can easily slip and slide out of business mode because we are always talking Mm. about our business when you run your own business uh, it's not a nine to five monday to friday job it's uh 24 hours a day seven days a week um and you know we we find ourselves at six in the morning talking business and we're pretty good where at at night time we generally don't talk about it in bed but maybe right up leading to it we we can and we can find ourselves ways so being able to carve out that right that that amount of time however that may be whether it is going out for breakfast or grabbing a a, you know a 14 dollar roll which might seem absolutely crazy compared to maybe the four dollar conti rolls the boomers had back in the day um you know but for us to go for a bushwalk or for a a picnic in the park and have a roll and a you know and a soda water um you know it's priceless yeah, it's the experience you're describing, isn't it? Like the experience of going for the walk and having the role when you're out there. So, you know, how do you put a price on experience? And I say that understanding that at the moment, and we talked about this earlier as well, that at the moment um, with inflationary press- pressures, this isn't the simplest thing to be talking about because I understand that you know, $14 for a roll is a lot. But I think the other side of that is we're not spending the big bucks. That's a bit of a difference, isn't it? Yeah, and um, look, again, we're not we're not a financial podcast. Like, go go read a uh, Barefoot Investor, yeah, Scott Payne so book. Good. Or um, someone I really like is Remit Sethi, uh, who has a book called I'll Teach You How to Get Rich and a podcast to I'll Teach You How to Get Rich. And, of course, you, you hear that title and you go, oh, yeah, that's great. You know, what sort of pyramid scheme is this? But in reality, <laughs> he, he, uh, what I like is he has a definition of rich and he's like, and not only that, he says, you get to choose your definition of rich. And as a result, he's saying that might be, yes, having a Mercedes or a house on the beach, but that might also be um, having every every second Friday off and yeah. maybe not earning as much in because you get to spend that with your old man who who's getting on or you get to spend that with the kids or you get to work in a job where you aren't working, you know, 60-hour uh, week, so you get to go to your kids' um, recitals or your kids' uh, your kids' footy games or something like that, and that's his definition of a rich life. So for him, a non-negotiable is flying business class. But at the same time, he doesn't really care about fashion. I'm pretty sure that's the example um, he gave it. If not, but so he doesn't go and spend a lot on clothes, right? Mm. But so your your value, your definition of rich, and and this comes back to what your values are. Mm. They're for you and, and you alone. Mm. And I think we often get caught up in especially with the with social media these days. And do you know what they always use to keeping up with the Joneses, right, or the grass is greener next door? It's just literally keeping up with the people of your street or in your um, uh, parents and teachers group. Uh, mm. You know, you're rocking up in your CX-5 and someone's got the 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 new um, the new Volvo, and you're and you sit there in a little bit. You know, can we afford it? Can we do more? I think what you're touching on is is super important. In that, um, this is why when we talk about living the team life, aligning your values is so critical. Because I think. Um, Money, not I think, again, we know from research that money is, if not the top, one of the top 
causes of disagreement in households, so between couples um, or between people in a relationship. And uh, what it really comes down to is being clear on what you value because I think you have a lot of um, arguments that actually are mis mis understandings because you haven't gotten clear together on what you value so for example when we were younger I would have been annoyed by the $14 roll that would have really annoyed me because I hadn't worked out and I hadn't worked out how important experiences were to me I wasn't clear on that value I wasn't clear on um, how important quality time between you and I was for me And once you and I got to a point where we became very articulate in what our team values are, so our agreed relationship values, um, which obviously align with our personal values, otherwise it it wouldn't work. When we spend that money, we don't even, it's not even up for debate because we both know that we value that spending. And I think from a team perspective, you know, this is a really um, important thing that, w- that as a team you start talking about your values to one another and and what values you align on so that when you make these decisions or have to make these decisions, you reduce and remove a lot of that friction. And, and it's, we've certainly found it's had a huge impact. I mean, we don't fight about money really ever these days. No, no not at all. Um, in fact, we're very much aligned in that regard. Uh, and that's a great example. And I'll use a more recent example as uh, um, last year or the year before during COVID, we bought a couple of kayaks and they were on yeah. mega special, um, but they're still 200 and something bucks each. And so, a fi- and with plus all the equipment you have them. So that's a $500 investment. Um, and again, we're, we're starting our own business. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're still trying to make ends meet in, in some way. Um, you know, even though we we do, we put, could have put the money elsewhere. We could have put the money. I think yeah. it's probably a, a, yeah. you know we're doing pretty well, so I think that's a you know much better way to to say it is. Um, so a five hundred dollars of discretionary spend mm-hmm. was large, but we didn't actually think too much about it. We had the conversation. One of us just didn't go off and buy them. We we mm-hmm. brought it to the table and we said, well, actually, how much value will this give us in our lives? One, it will get us outdoors. Mm-hmm. Two, we're buying two, so we can do it together. We might not be able to do it every week, no, but these things should last at least a few years. And and when we do get out and about, it, it's something that we always enjoy. Um, and generally, it's a sunk it's a sunk cost once you've bought it. Every time you use it, you're using it, and, and the payback on it is um, considering if you're going to spend that, you know, hundred bucks on a pub lunch out, mm. um, you know, apart from the fact that it's much healthier for you, although we might have a beer afterwards. <laughs> um, during depends during on where we pull up, where we pull up. Um, but but the point is the reason why that five hundred dollar decision was was a simple decision a non friction decision was because we were already aligned on our values of uh, health and and where we were and of course all at the same time we were around our finances um, and I think mm. this makes a great point around again the the twenty two dollar smashed avocado and the and the, the $6 latte, and, and Ramet Sethi um, makes a great point, and he says too many people are focused on the, the $3 decisions or the $6 mm. decisions around coffee, right? But they're not focused on the larger life decisions like being aligned with your partner around your finances and having a savings plan. Um, but what Ramet Sethi is saying is like, you know, 
don't don't spend all this time stressing about the twenty two bucks you're going to spend on avocado when you're going to, you know, for your rich life. That means that you're actually connecting with your partner, you're connecting with your friends, and you're getting a, a great benefit out of it, a real lift, some real happiness and contentment, versus a decision where it's like going and locking in your mortgage a year ago when it was low versus now when it's super high after the, um, you know, eight or nine months of the Reserve Bank um, increasing it, it, right? Um, Making sure that you combine your superannuation, which the government's actually made super easy these days. Um, It's those decisions that, that move the needle. Well, you're also talking about, though, from where I sit, is, is about, again, coming back to the, the team life and what we, what we teach on and what we believe and have experienced to be successful is, is about getting clear at the front end. So living your life from a proactive stance, which means you get clear on your values, you get clear on what's going to matter and what you don't need to be worrying about. So, you know, as you say, don't worry about the little coffee spends do worry about fixing your mortgage and and the other big items even the kayaks you know we talked about that because that was a bigger spend we talked about whether we wanted to make that decision but we wouldn't put that same effort into any of our day-to-day spendings because we've already agreed on what that can look like and 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 then we trust each other to to follow what we've agreed um but yeah again i guess what i'm sort of making the point here on is um is is being in the team life in the way we live life it's all about being strategic planning together getting clear on what you want together getting clear on what your agreements are together and as a result you don't have to be you know like you said you don't have to be making reactionary decisions and i think that takes a lot of stress out of the relationship when you're not having to be reactionary because I mean, obviously there's a cascade of fallout with that. You know, there's blame and frustration and shame and all the rest. So when you get proactive, you just remove again another source of friction. Yeah, I'd just like to unpack uh, what you said there for a second. I think shame and guilt, especially around finances, is, is, mm. is, a, is a huge issue individually and for couples. I know, um, you know, growing up, uh, I, I, I wasn't great with money. I didn't know how to budget. Um, You know, I've learned all this now from you, from working in a business, from doing my own reading. And in fact, now I feel very comfortable with money. And that's something I I used to have a bit of a story where I was like, oh, I'm no good with money. And I used to keep on telling you, it's a a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. Um, A self-fulfilling prophecy. I I got there. (laughs) (laughs) Peter Pepper Peter. Yeah, yeah. And and now I I actually feel that I'm confident. At first, then I had to stop myself saying, um, you know, I'm no good with money. I just had to stop saying it's like I'm getting better. And now I can say, you know, hand on heart that that I am good with money. And 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 mostly that it doesn't stress me out. And I know um, previously in our relationship, it would stress me out. And so as a result, I'd I'd go into my shell and I'd stonewall and I'd I just wouldn't want to talk about it and admit it. And then of course pr- problems can arise. And so we have that misalignment where if I go out and buy a pair of joggers you'd go, oh, Roger, we don't have, you know, hundreds of dollars to spend on joggers. Um, you know, did you even look at the budget to see whether we've got that in there? And what, what, made, you, what made you feel you could go and, go and make this decision um, and then not tell me about it? I think that's the micromanaging, though, I have to own. So I was raised in this really 
um, money conscious family and and that was all skills that I look back now and I'm so grateful for, hated it at the time, but so, so grateful for. Um, but as a result, I, I couldn't understand the way you approached it. And so instead of having a conversation with you, which I should have, and trying to get on the same page um, on what our agreements were, I, I would try and micromanage reactionary spend you know every time you bought something I didn't understand and we, I'd try and have that conversation then and it by then it was an inflamed conversation so I know we're digressing away from the smashed avo but I think you know these are important experiences and what we're talking about in terms of how much friction can be created um, it's not just you know this this was brought up by a generational difference but it does bring about the fact that and and I think between the generations, there's different values, as we talked about. But that that situation, that that judgment, can exist within your own relationship. And we're saying there's a really lovely way where you can enjoy the smashed avo toast without all that friction, if you and your partner are clear that that's something you value. hundred uh, percent. And I guess that's circling back to where we started. Is you know the reason this has been talked about so much recently compared to when the article was originally written in in 2017 is because there is a lot of pressure on households and as a result couples um financially with inflation wages haven't kept up um and you know everyone's in the next year or so looking maybe towards a recession so we're feeling it we had to up our household budget by 15 percent, and really that was pretty conservative with the way costs are rising yeah, that's a hundred percent rise, and um, right. And at the same time, it's like, well, you know, a lot of you, if your wage isn't rising but your budget's going up, that that's causing stress, and you have to look at where maybe you do have to cut back. And you know, I think that's where your values come in. Where um, great advice I've heard before is, you know, you spend on what gives you fulfillment and joy, mm. um, and 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 then Scott cut, Pate talks a lot yeah, to that, and then cut back hard on the things that don't. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a that's a that can be a fun exercise as well to do with your partner. Fun might not be the right word, but it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's an exercise you might be able to do with your partner when you can actually sit down and go, "What do we love? What do we? What can we do? That's really know, What do we like doing together? Your values. It comes all. Yeah. It all comes back. To we that. like our breakfasts out. We like. Um, well, we, our, we don't do it. We don't. But no, we no. Can't, but. So putting ourselves in the shoes of you know uh, uh, another the millennial couple, or gen um, Gen X couple, or anyone is the universal we is like we like going out and spending time together. Mm. We like going on a date night and having a nice bottle of wine. Mm. We like going to Bali once a year and spending time together with or away from the kids. We like a. We've a got a staycation. good one coming up. What's that? The we've got our. <laughs> We do. We do. What we value is um, celebrating success. That's yes. something we've always said. You instilled that in me. That was you, you said always celebrate the wins no matter what they are. And I absolutely love that because it's a moment in life where um, you are valuing your own effort and you're recognising it rather than just soldiering forward. And, and, you know, a lot of us were raised in families where the second you finished one thing, you had to start on the next right like achieve achieve and so stopping to celebrate your successes is just such a lovely presence in life um and this saturday we will actually be doing our staff christmas party given yep. we're a staff of two 
Yeah, so me. We're, we're recording this podcast in um, in in, in uh, mid December, yeah. and um, it's going to be a raucous party. But we're going to we're going to a nice restaurant got, on the yeah, river, which we don't it. we don't do a lot. No. Um, and what I love about this is one, it, it it fits into our value system because it is celebrating the the wins and mm. celebrating you know success. And for us, we're we're just about to launch a new business. Um, we, we sold a house that we were flipping earlier on in the year. Um, and for us, you know, just getting through another year of running a small business is a win and is success. Huge. And it, it gives us a lot of pride and enjoyment. And yes, it's just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> we can dial in our virtual assistant maybe, which is in a different time zone. But, HR um, is bound to have complaints. HR is going to have some complaints. But and, and what I think is great is that we're going to go into this and we're not going to sit there and go, oh, should we order that um, glass of champagne to start with? We're, we're going to order it because yeah, we know absolutely. we know where we are financially. We know where our values lie. Yeah. We're, we're very much aligned. Yeah. And as a result, we can enjoy that. We can enjoy that. And I know there's been times in the last 20, 15 years where we've booked a Ladi da restaurant and we've actually pulled out, which is a pretty crap thing to do, the night before or the day before. Because we just said, oh, we can't afford this and oh, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. It feels a bit icky. And I'm sure our um, our listeners have been in that situation before or even you've you've just gone and you've ordered a bowl of wine and you're sitting there going, I'm not getting the value out of this because I'm feeling that guilt and shame yeah. of can we afford this? Is this the right decision? And I know that when we go to our staff party, um, you know, we don't get to <laughs> our, um, our shindig. I'm not going to have that guilt and shame, even though, you know, we do have to sort of count our pennies a bit. Yeah. Yeah. As everyone does at the moment. So, babe, what was your big takeout from today? Uh, my big takeout from today was that our values are individual. Don't try and foist your values onto someone else and don't judge your own values because they don't reflect somebody else's. Our values are individual. Invest in what you value. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I th- that, that's a great takeout. My takeout was the Ramit Sethi thing around don't concentrate on the $6 decisions, concentrate on the $60,000 decisions. You know, um, spend money on the things that mean a lot to you and provide value and cut mercilessly on the things that don't. You're amazing. You've just spent quality time on your relationship. Feel like you're on a roll? If you want more Living the Team Life relationship insights and conversations, head over to kimandrog.com where you can find all the show notes as well as tons of other relationship goodies. And if you liked today's episode, please hit subscribe or let another couple know where they can find us. It'll make them happy and it'll make us really happy. Until next time, keep on living the team life.